The Immigration and Refugee Board has ordered the deportation of one woman accused of spying on behalf of China. Almost 2,000 families have been compensated by the Vaccine Injury Support Program, totaling over $11 million in payouts. Racial segregation at pools is back, and it's being piloted by the University of Waterloo, where it has dedicated swim times for black folks. Hello Canada, it's Tuesday, January 30th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Cosman Georgia. And I'm Noah Jarvis. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. A Chinese woman had been issued a deportation order by the Immigration and Refugee Board for her involvement with Beijing's foreign interference. The board ruled that Jing Zhang had worked for the Overseas Chinese Affairs Office, which is allegedly involved in espionage. Zhang was found to have contributed to the OCAO's efforts to influence Canada's Chinese diaspora, in her 11-year tenure with the organization. According to the 32-page decision, Beijing uses the OCAO to silence dissent abroad. The board said that the OCAO was and remains involved in espionage against the PRC's targeted individuals and groups in Canada. Zhang's deportation was officially decided in August of last year, but was only made public on Monday following Ottawa's scheduled inquiry into foreign interference regarding the 2019 and 2021 federal elections. China is the focus of the inquiry, but Russia, Iran, and other foreign states or non-state actors will be examined as well, which appear to have a particular interest in Alberta. Activists who've spoken out against the PRC have been met with harassment, intimidation, and extortion by Beijing, as well as their extended families and those connected to them still living in China. So Noah, we have this inquiry going on right now, and it's officially known as the Public Inquiry into Foreign Interference in Federal Electoral Processes and Democratic Institutions. And I think it's going to be going on throughout the week, uh, but, but I'd like to ask, do you expect anything to come out of this investigation, and will the government act on whatever findings that do emerge? I think so, Cosman, you know, as demonstrated by this story where we learn about uh, this woman who had been uh, involved in espionage in Canada. I think uh, more of these sorts of stories will be coming out uh, throughout the week. And, uh, and, you know, that's a good thing. Uh, the more transparency about, uh, Chinese electoral interference into our democratic system, uh, the better. We know that China, they try to, uh, control parts of, uh, countries in which they are adversaries with, and then try to exploit that control, uh, in order to subvert their system. And it is something that we in Canada have not been taking seriously enough. And hopefully, uh, with this inquiry throughout the week, uh, we can uh, begin to uh, develop some understanding of the efforts that China is undertaking in our country and start to take some meaningful steps toward combating that. It doesn't appear as if the Trudeau government has taken the issue of Chinese electoral uh, interference very seriously, even though uh, these allegations have been trickling out throughout the news media for over a year. 
uh, the Trudeau government hasn't really taken any substantial action other than uh, calling for this uh, inquiry. But the more information we do have about the exploits uh, China is uh, undertaking in Canada, the better. And the fact of the matter is hopefully uh, a new government in 2025 or whenever that will be uh, will take concrete uh, steps into preventing uh, any further electoral interference, uh, which is a, a very important step to take. Uh, secure democracies uh, take measures in order to protect their system, and Canada hasn't taken enough of those steps. Uh, and hopefully, uh, in the coming years, we will begin to take those steps in order to secure our uh, democracy. Millions of dollars have been distributed to Canadians affected by COVID vaccine injuries. Canada's Vaccine Injury Support Program has paid out $11,236,314 in compensation to 1,825 families by the end of the year, but accessing these funds is hard with a system that's difficult to navigate and doctors unwilling to officially recognize many vaccine injuries, patients say. Ross Whiteman, 42, received almost $250,000 in compensation from the program. It sounds like 250 grand is a large amount of money in certain contexts, but not when it's associated with something like this and has massive health and financial recourse down the road for me, like earning potential and other expenses like housework and mowing the lawn, Whiteman said. Whiteman also received his first and only dose of the AstraZeneca vaccine on April 30th, 2021. Ten days later, he woke up in the middle of the night at his home in Lake Country, British Columbia, with back pain so severe, he decided to go to the hospital. After some blood work, a lumbar puncture, and a nerve conduction study, doctors in Vernon, B.C. found a protein in Whiteman's spinal cord fluid. He was diagnosed with Guillain-Barre syndrome, an autoimmune disorder that affects the peripheral nervous system. Before being diagnosed, Whiteman took pride in working out five days a week for over 20 years to be in good health for his past career as a pilot. From being in good health to spending 67 days in the hospital, paralyzed from the waist down with facial paralysis and at times immobile. So Cosman, uh, throughout the pandemic, people tried to call you a denier. Uh, people tried to call you a conspiracy theorist. If you pointed out that the COVID vaccine had the potential to leave people with adverse effects such as paralysis and uh, Ross Whiteman has dealt with the brunt of these sorts of issues with the vaccine. So uh, do you think it'll become more and more acceptable in general society to talk about vaccine injuries? Or do you believe that the sort of dogmatic consensus that the left wants to hold up about the vaccine uh, will begin will continue to be upheld by politicians like Justin Trudeau? Well, you're right on that point. For the longest time, even suggesting the fact that there were risks associated with taking uh, one of the many COVID-19 vaccines was just out of the question. You were, like you said, you know, considered a conspiracy theorist to just for just saying, wait, hold on, we don't know everything about these vaccines. They're still experimental and they were rolled out in such a quick fashion. Maybe we need to study this further. Even reasonable statements like that were, you know, branded and, and castigated by uh, very many people, not only in politics, but in media as well. And 
I think with time, because here we're talking about immediate effects from these vaccines, uh, and it's very unfortunate because a lot of these stories have a similarity to them. There's a common theme, and it's usually otherwise healthy people with, you know, no known issues uh, coming down with very severe syndromes and debilitating diseases after they've taken these vaccines. And these are the most obvious cases, right? Uh, and like the story says, it's hard to get doctors to recognize uh, any vaccine-induced injuries. And some of these injuries aren't as obvious as having a nervous system issue. It could be uh, minor, but equally damaging to one's long-term health. The University of Waterloo has brought back racial segregation in swimming with, with dedicated swim times for black folks. The Ontario's university is also offering swim, workout, and rock climbing times exclusively for transgender, non-binary, and 2S LGBTQ plus people. Come and enjoy the pool with other black folks, reads Waterloo's website. This dedicated time can be used for lengths or recreation in the six available lanes for fast, medium, and recreational swimming. This time is dedicated to building a better relationship with water for the black community, the university adds. The initiative comes as the University of Waterloo's athletics department embraces DEI ideology. As for the LGBTQ-only swim, the university says it aims to provide a safer, comfortable, inclusive, and fun atmosphere for trans and non-binary and the 2S LGBTQ community. The university notes that heterosexual people may only come to the LGBTQ swim if they are participating with trans or non-binary persons. In a statement to True North, a university spokesperson defended the segregated swims as an inclusive safe space initiative. In addition to the 21 hours of open recreational swimming that is offered to all members of our community each week, the university has added recreational swimming options for family swims, 2S LGBTQIA plus swims, women only swims, and swims dedicated to welcoming black folks, said the spokesperson. So, Noah, one of the things that stood out to me in this story was the statement that this effort is an attempt to build a better relationship with water for the black community, which to me is just like nonsense. I mean, how is your race specific to your relationship with water? We all rely on water for sustenance. I, I just don't understand this. Could could you clarify it a bit? You know, Cosman, uh, for all the uh, talk of inclusivity and, you know, anti-racism, that, it's just a racist trope at the end of the day, you know. There's the trope that uh, black people can't swim, uh, which, you know, for some black people, they can't swim. I know a few. Uh, but because of that uh, sort of stereotype about black people that uh, we can't swim, uh, I guess they thought it was a good idea to add a line in the advertisement talking about building a better relationship with the water for the black community. It's actually ridiculous, and it is actually slightly offensive. If not for the ridiculousness of this entire story, I would find it actually extremely offensive. Uh, many decades ago, uh, especially in the American South, uh, when they had Jim Crow laws, uh, pools were segregated, 
because white people thought as if uh, black people would pollute the pool or something like that. Now, I guess uh, they're setting up these dedicated time uh, sometimes for black people uh, so that white people don't pollute the pool. You know, it's, it's the same racist uh, bullcrap, if I'm going to be honest. Uh, it, it's all the same uh, racist nonsense, and it all needs to be uh, defeated. At the end of the day, uh, the DEI crowd, they are not fighting for racial equality or anything like that. That's what they claim uh, to say. But And perhaps they do have those good intentions deep, deep down. But at the end of the day, the results of their ideology uh, is as demonstrated here, that it results in segregation, uh, it results in divisiveness. And at the end of the day, for someone who is a normal person, uh, yeah, they, they see this and they think it's abhorrent. But for people who are so bought into the, the DEI narrative, the idea that black people are racially oppressed and uh, that we need to be helped in any way, shape or form. I mean, it, it's absolutely ridiculous. And I hope that the University of Waterloo receives all the condemnation possible for this absolutely, I'm just going to say it, it's an abhorrent program uh, and they deserve all the criticism possible for this uh for hosting this event that's it for today folks make sure to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know also please keep an eye out for the andrew lawton show later today thanks for tuning in don't forget to share our work with your friends and neighbors and if you're able please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news We'll